Hello and welcome to episode 81 of Employment Law Matters. Thank you so much for joining me, Barrister Daniel Barnett. And today I am joined by Deshpal Panasar QC from Old Square Chambers. Deshpal is actually a very old friend of mine uh, whom I knew when I was a pupil. He was the junior tenant at the set where I did pupillage, a set that has long since very sadly dissolved. And Deshpal is one of the 30 speakers who's joining me for www employmentwebinars.co.uk, a series of 30 Q&A sessions being run with 30 different employment law experts during March 2021. Deshpal is speaking on age discrimination in the workplace. He'll be taking all your questions on that. And in a moment, I'm going to ask him about age discrimination. But before I turn to that, Deshpal, what's the most interesting case you've ever done? Good morning. Welcome to Employment Law Matters with Barrister Daniel Barnett. Daniel, good morning. I'm going to cheat, I'm afraid. That is the most difficult question you could ask someone. I'm going to pick two. Uh, they're both Court of Appeal cases. One I won, one I lost. Uh, the first was a case called Bowater and North Hosp- Northeast London Hospitals Trust. It was about a young nurse who, at the end of her shift, had gone to the aid of colleagues to uh, uh, help uh, treat a fitting patient whose life she helped save. In the heat of the moment afterwards, she made a flippant comment as the adrenaline was running and she was uh, quite upset about things. And she was, for her efforts, helping to save this patient's life uh, dismissed. On a hard law analysis, um, she should have lost on the range of reasonable responses the case, but credit to the ET and the Court of Appeal, they found the root justice of the case and uh, she won. And the lessons from that were multiple, including the determination it takes to get through uh, the appellate stages. And uh, you can do as interesting work as you want to do if you're happy to do it for free. That was pro bono in the Court of Appeal. The other one was a case I lost in the Court of Appeal. That's Woodcock and Cumbria, another Court of Appeal case. And that was an employee who'd given their life to the NHS and was subject to clandestine age discrimination that we only uncovered in cross-examination, but fell victim in the Court of Appeal to some of the early unpacked notions of age discrimination. And again, a lot of lessons learned about merits versus the rigour and analysis uh, of a case. So two cases I really enjoyed and was a privilege to be part of. Funny enough, Woodcock and Cumbria uh, stands out in my memory for two reasons. First of all, because on the other side, I believe you were against Andrew Short QC from my chambers, who is speaking on ACAS early conciliation as part of www.employmentwebinars.co.uk. But the second most uh, embarrassing reason is that I was actually in court that day. I was in the tribunal in Shrewsbury on the day that the decision came out. And I knew the decision was coming out. So I wrote two versions of my employment law update. One if the appeal was successful, one if the appeal was unsuccessful. And I set them both up to go out. And I I had my um, personal assistant ready to hit the send button on whichever one needed to go out as soon as the decision was issued. And the decision was issued. I was in the tribunal. uh, I think I was about to go into the tribunal. I texted my assistant send out version A. But I told her to send out the wrong one. And the wrong version of the bulletin went out saying that the appeal had been successful or unsuccessful. I forget which way round it was. And I got an email from an extremely irate court of appeal judge telling me I'd got it wrong. And I had to send out a groveling and immediate apology, which is something I hate doing. We all have to do it from time to time. But that was just a little bit embarrassing. Do you remember that? Well, you have to at the time. Well, you could, you could be forgiven because uh, I think Sean Jones in that great 
judicial analysis of his that is Twitter, of which he is the past master. His analysis of the of the court of appeal judgment was uh, Woodcock. Here's the law. Here's the result we want. Here's a hammer. Bash, bash, bash. So um, <laughs> it was a, it was a controversial case for for many of the wrong reasons, but an interesting one. Deshpal Panasar, what is the most important lesson you've learned over the years in your capacity as a lawyer? I think the most, probably the most impactful one, though it sounds very anodyne, is that the side or the lawyer that throws more effort, weight of analysis and thought and rigour at a case has a substantial advantage over who wins the case, even over the merits. That's the first thing. Uh, The second thing is, especially in employment law, is the massive normative effect of employment law, that when we do a case, uh, it sends a message out to society that this is no longer acceptable. And that has a a normative effect on societal values, uh, as opposed, as you might think, uh, to to the reverse. People's attitudes often don't change due to some great moral revelation. It's a sense that this is no longer lawful, and this is not a way that is therefore acceptable. And uh, that uh, seizes you of a great responsibility, I think, when you're crafting your arguments uh, in employment cases. And um, I think as an aside, uh, I would say you can do as interesting as work as you want in certainly in employment law, and I think in most fields, if you're not worried how much you're paid. And that is something uh, to seize uh, as, uh, as a way to engage in the really big questions in employment law. You're speaking at www.employmentwebinars.co.uk about age discrimination in the workplace. What do you think is the most important development in that topic over the last three or four years? Uh, recently, uh, the most important and the most welcome, a very welcome development is that a lot of the concepts, I mean, this is a new area, age, relatively new, and a lot of the concepts that were deployed when the law was new back in 2006, 2007 are now being unpacked. I mean, in, in discrimination, age is unique in that the rationales for it are absolutely vital. Age discrimination can be justified. And so that's where the battleground is. But initially, a lot of cookie cutter rationales such as collegiality, succession planning, uh, and whether justification arguments had to be held at the time uh, were rolled out successfully as people were still getting used to utilising these. And the residue of those uh, still continues. The result of those originally meant there were some really harsh decisions when age was not treated with, I think, the rigour that perhaps it could have been treated. Uh, But now we are seeing a real microscopic scrutiny um, taking place of proportionality and of justification of differential grounds, uh, differential treatment on the grounds of age as it should be. One of the most important developing situations for age discrimination is the creep of the idea of cost being a valid justification for age. And we're seeing in a lot of cases that being held to justify differential treatment on the grounds of age uh, in all but name and sort of labels being attached to that. And it'll be interesting to see where that goes when the link with European jurisprudence is loosened, because that has long been the bulwark against the idea of justification uh, on the grounds of cost. Those are the most important ones as I see them. If you could make one change to the law on age discrimination, what would it be? 
It would be to change the quantitative analysis to age that appears to be embedded in a lot of the core concepts, embedding the idea of collegiality, succession planning, and uh, concepts like that have been held to justify age. It seems to be the concept that the less years you have left, the less value uh, you are off. And that sort of quantitative analysis uh, means that those in the latter years of their um, employment, having worked a lifetime to get to where they have, often are the subject of really fundamentally detrimental uh, treatment. And in my view, those latter years should have a value multiplier for all that it has taken to get to that point for those workers and all that they have become invested with over the course of those years. And I'm, I, I, I'm not sure that um, even the rigorous analysis these days is undoing the residue of those early uh, rationales uh, to pair back on that. And if uh, it would take a well-crafted principle to, uh, to row back on that, and I think the position is now that if legislation is not going to do it, those who are contractually seeking to protect those in the latter stages of their careers need to take on the mantle of doing that and to embody in contracts that in the latter stages of careers, the uh, legitimate aims are dealt with. But that is what I would legislate if I could to change. Final question, Deshbel Panasar. What's the one thing you're hoping nobody will ask you on next month's webinars? I think the one question that it's very hard to get real leverage on is where we are going to be post-Brexit in terms of age discrimination and the Equality Act uh, generally. To I, One can imagine a lot of ways in which it could go, and that is dependent upon Who's hearing a case in the in the in the EAT, the Court of Appeal, the Supreme Court? It's dependent upon legislation. It's dependent upon uh, the political will to cast free from um, European notions or, or not. And there are so many imponderables. It's difficult to say where that is going. But it's a fundamentally important question. So both the importance of it and the many number of imponderables make it a question that's difficult to answer. Thank you, Deshbel Panasar from Old Square Chambers for joining me. If you're a lawyer or an HR professional or indeed just someone with an interest in employment law, do join us on the 15th of March 2021 when Deshbel will be answering all of your questions on age discrimination. And you can also uh, ask questions of the 29 other employment law experts who are appearing throughout the series between the 1st and 19th of March. Register your place now, if you haven't already done so, at www.employmentwebinars.co. UK. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Employment Law Matters. If you don't subscribe to the podcast, please do go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Employment Law Matters. And please also leave a five-star review on the iTunes store because we do like those. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Barrister Daniel Barnett. Bye-bye. Any information on this podcast is for general guidance only. Always seek legal advice. Please see full terms at www.danielbarnett.co.uk forward slash podcast terms.